there. I'm Haley. And I'm Zach. We're brother and sister. And this yep. is... Laughing at Ourselves. Welcome to our podcast about movies. Each month, one of us chooses a theme, and we do deep dives into films that are important to us, ones that we love, or just ones we want to talk about. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about the movie Little Women by Greta Gerwig, but before we jump into that wonderful movie, uh, we do a little thing up at the top called the Pop Culture Corner, where we just talk about whatever other bits of pop culture, not necessarily movies, that we're into. So, what do you got? Yes, I have a very, um, kind of a different mix, but Florence, how do I say her last name? Pew. Pew. Okay, Florence Pew and Zach Braff. I don't know if you know this, but they're dating. Did you know that? I, I, I have seen that, yeah. I think that is, uh, I... I know that age is a big thing to other people. I don't care about that. I think it's interesting that they are together, though, because I consider him to be very indie, besides Scrubs, like Garden State. There's a ton of other movies. And then she is, like, right now, the it indie movie star with Midsummer yeah. and this movie. So I think they honestly make a great couple. And I could, I hope that they come up with some projects together. It'd be interesting to see. That would be cool. I, I know that um, they seem to be very into each other and that they do stuff like on Instagram and whatnot. So, oh, yeah, that's I've, cool. I've, uh, you know, it's an unlikely pairing, but I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's interesting. It makes sense, yeah. My pop culture bit for today, um, don't know if you are following what was happening with DC Comics and their big event this weekend. Mm-mm. So they announced a bunch of movies and game trailers and whatnot. But one thing that they did put out was the trailer for The Batman, which is mm. the new Batman movie. Ben Affleck has, is, is no more. No more Thank Batfleck. God. Thank God. Get him out of here. <laughs> Have you heard who the new Batman is? No. Who is it? Robert Pattinson. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I like him. I really liked him in The Lighthouse. He was good in that. He is, since Twilight, he's done some interesting movies. Mm -hmm. But when we're done recording, I want you to go watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. Because I'd kind of fallen off of Batman when Batfleck came around. You know, I I liked the Nolan movies. I think Mm -hmm. 2 was maybe the best. For me, yeah, my favorite. Dark Knight. Um, yep. But I've been kind of sour to Batman. But this movie, just this trailer, I'm all on board because it's not like a crazy, huge superhero movie. It looks like a detective movie. Ooh. It looks like Seven or Zodiac, <gasps> where um, Paul Dano. Is, oh, I love Paul Dano. He is the villain. He plays the Riddler. No. <gasps> and, That's a great Riddler. Oh, my gosh. And he looks like the Zodiac Killer in this trailer. Just everything about this, the moody Robert Pattinson, the, like, he beats the shit out of a guy at one part in the trailer, and it is, brutal. like, 
I don't know. It, that already I know they sounds get, like an amazing cast. Like, you don't have to convince me. Like, you just say Paul Dano. I'm like, okay, I'll see yeah. it. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Like, there's, Zoe Kravitz, I love her too. Yep. No, you have to go watch it after this, and, okay, and I'll, I'll text you about it. So, yep, okay. that's, that's our... Uh, that's pop culture corner, um, yes. and that leads us into our theme. What's our theme this week? Timothy Chalamet guides us through adolescence. <laughs> yep, we're doing <laughs> we're doing coming of age movies. We did a bunch of like middle school, awkward teen stuff, and now we're going through adolescence. And the movies we chose just happened to have all Timothy Chalamet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's leading us through it, and we are talking about Little Women, Greta Gerwig's uh, 2019 film. Um, I have to say, off the top, I I love this movie. Uh, this was my second time watching it. This was your first time, right, Haley? Yes, yeah. And to be honest, I was so not looking forward to watching this just because of the time period movies. I had no idea what to expect. I I was <laughs> I did not want to watch this movie. And <laughs> once I started watching it, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. I enjoyed every bit of it." I I didn't want it to end. I was just laughing, crying. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah, I get it, it. It is it is very good. Um so this has, I mean, this has a stacked cast. It has Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern. Love Laura Dern. <laughs> oh, I love uh, Laura Dern, too. Timothy Chalamet. Meryl Streep, which I forget. I, I forget she's in this movie every time. Yes, and Aunt March. She, she also plays, like, the best kind of Meryl Streep role, which is she just fades into the character. It's not... Not everything is about Meryl Streep. She's just in service to the story. I was looking at it. It was like, is it? Is it not? Like, she (laughs) looks like like an old person. It's crazy. Chris Cooper's in this. Um, Surprisingly, Bob Odenkirk. That was a weird, the the dad. Yeah. I was like, better call Saul is here? (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, But it was a good mix. Yes, it's a very good mix. Uh, this is, of course, a movie based on the very famous novel, Little Women, by Louise May Alcott. Um, there's been a few ad- adaptations of this movie. Uh, this one does something a little bit different with the ending. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, when I was looking into this, it looked like Greta Gerwig, when she heard that they were trying to make this movie, she like fought and fought to be involved she wanted to just write for it and then they brought her in to direct it as well um they made it for 40 million dollars and they the movie made 209 million dollars wow so like this was a knockout and it it helped that it was it was getting nominated like crazy Mm -hmm. i mean it got it got a best nomination for director film for lead actress was uh, Saoirse Ronan and best supporting actress with um, Florence Pugh like mm-hmm. and when I, when I was watching this 
because I mean it's a good movie Mm -hmm. I was like how did this not win and I had to look back at who won and Parasite won best actor and uh, best director and best film. I was, it was like, a okay, tough competition. Yeah, tough competition. Parasite needed to win everything, and oh, yeah. I'm so I mean, glad they did. <laughs> uh, Parasite deserved its best. Uh, Bong Joon Ho deserved his best director, and then mm-hmm. I did not expect them to give it give it best film. But I mean, well deserved. Oh but yes, just Absolutely. I mean, watching this, this feels like an Academy Award worthy movie with just mm-hmm. the only Academy Award this won was Best Costume. I know. <laughs> which is, is disappointing, but I I'm know. still glad it got something. I think Saoirse Ronan could have easily gotten Best Actress and Florence Pugh. Um, I'll have to look it up. Okay. But I know that you were very excited. I mean, we talked about... Um, uh, Florence Pugh at the beginning. You're a big fan of Florence Pugh, aren't you? Oh, I love her so much. She was my favorite character. She's just, the way she portrays, like, the backtrack scenes of her being a child is so, like, right and so funny. Oh, my gosh. She just cracked me up the entire time. And we'll discuss some of those scenes. Oh, yes. She, I mean, we'll get into this, but Florence Pugh does some amazing work in playing a character that you should hate, mm-hmm. but you find her sympathetic. So I'm looking at uh, this, uh, the Academy Awards for 2019. You have Charlize Theron in Bombshell, uh, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, Cynthia Ervio in Harriet, and then Renee Zellweger in Judy Gar uh, in Judy Garland, and or for Judy, um, Renee Zellweger won oh, that's for a weird. movie that I didn't I didn't know about until the Academy Awards. Never um, heard of it. Yeah, I I mean I think, I mean, Saoirse Ronan as Joe March was just so good. Oh yeah, um, I think that she will get her Academy Award like. She's still she, so young. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I, I think, I think it's really good. I think we should jump in and we're, usually we bring like three points we want to talk about, but this episode we're going to do a little different. We're going to talk about the, the four sisters. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Joe. Um, we're going to talk about. That's played by Saoirse Ronan. We're going to be talking about Florence Pugh, who plays Amy. We've got... Um, Emma Watson plays Meg March. Yep. And then Eliza Scanlon plays Beth March. Yes. So, um, I feel like we should, I mean... I, feel I like want we should to start st- with Joe. I, I agree. We go from oldest to youngest. I well, think it was Emma was Watson's character is is the oldest. Okay. Well, we'll start with uh, Sersha first because she's the biggest character in this. I mean, yeah, she's the main character. So, um, what a great character! Yes. What a I great love... performance! I thought it was interesting how the beginning of it is her trying to submit 
her writing pieces that she's hiding. Oh, it's from a friend because she knows that as a woman, this is not going to be as successful or probably even published. But she's hiding her inked hands under the table. And the guy says to her, and this is a big theme too, is feminism, is make sure that your character is married or dead at the end. Like, she couldn't be independent. It was like, oh my gosh. But this is the two options that they're given. Yeah, it's... um, It's... This is part of the the interesting structure that Greta Gerwig brings to this movie. Um, the, the book is, if I understand correctly, is chronological. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't jump around in time. Oh, okay. And she, Greta Gerwig, has set this movie up so that it jumps forward and backward in time mm-hmm. in a very subtle but interesting way where the color scheme changes. That's mm. your indicator to know so that, like, in present present day, when you're seeing them, you know, as they are now, it's very gray and muted colors. It looks mm-hmm. drab and dreary. But when there's the flashbacks to when they're younger, it's warm and bright and mm-hmm. beautiful. And, yeah, it's... We do start off with her. She's in... Um, she's in, she's in a big city and she is trying to sell her work Mm -hmm. and Joe is this tenacious, just quick fire, really interesting woman who wants to write and she's teaching and she's trying to make up money to send back to her family. I don't know. Very good. Uh, Yes. Was there something in particular for you that stuck out when it comes to Joe? I guess it's her. She can be so angry at someone or just do something for the good of someone. Like, uh, there's a couple examples uh, when Florence Pugh, she burns all of her work because she wasn't invited to a theater event or something. And she was so angry, Joe was so angry at her, that she gave her the silent treatment. They go out and ice skate, and she gets stuck in a hole, uh, Florence does. And she realizes, oh my gosh, this was my fault. Mm-hmm. And then another part is when her mom is trying to visit the dad after the dad is, uh, what is he, a volunteer for the union? Yeah, he's, he's helping out in the war. Yeah, and she cuts off all of her hair to help support her family, which I thought was, what? Like, back then, long hair was beauty, and she got rid of it all just to support her family because she didn't want to go to their rich aunt. So she's just a very giving person. She wants to help others. She, like, it is all about passion and Mm -hmm. just... Mm-hmm. The need to do big, great things. Mm-hmm. She needs um, to write a book. She needs to um, have grand gestures and not just go along. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned, uh, we'll probably bring this up, but you mentioned that this is like, there's feminism running throughout this. And she mm-hmm. is she is the the most obvious feminist message. Oh, yeah. The messenger of this 
of this story. You know, mm-hmm. the the woman who does not want to be defined by marriage. She yep. wants to do something for herself. And there's there's other ways to be, like, obviously, strong woman and to do, you know, to be feminist. And I think the other characters show it, but she is supposed to be the, like, she gives the feminist speeches of, I need to be more than just a wife. Yeah. And I really appreciated that about her character. She didn't want to fall into that. I liked um, just something little about her. She was really close to Emma Watson's character, Meg. Mm -hmm. Probably because they were the oldest. But she would always be, you know, please pray that Meg doesn't fall in love or get married. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was like right before Meg got married. She's like, you don't have to do this. I can support us, you know, we can be our own people and be our own interest, you know, be always interesting. And (laughs) Meg is, uh, Emma Watson's character is saying, you know, no, this is what I want to do. I'm happy about this. Um, And I love this line that Joe said, uh, I can't believe childhood is over. It just, it hits you right there. Like her sister getting married, that was the end of her childhood. That was the time to start growing up. Yes, and and that that actually, I wrote down a quote from that scene because it's mm-hmm. an amazing scene. It's this is actually towards the end when it's showing um, Emma Watson character her her marriage. Um, Saoirse Ronan is is freaking out, and she I like the point that you brought up of you know she's like we can just run away, you know we don't have to do this. And Emma Watson's character says, just because my dreams are different from yours doesn't mean they are unimportant. Mm-hmm. And that's also like. That's a humbling moment when mm-hmm. you've got to kind of get out of your own head and and realize that just because this is something you want doesn't mean it's what everyone wants. Uh, did, did you know that Emma Watson wasn't initially supposed to be in this movie? No, I didn't. I, I knew nothing about this movie coming okay. in. Okay. So all the other cast, um, I think, was pretty much set, but... Uh, Originally, Meg was going to be played by Emma Stone. Oh, I don't know if I would have liked that as much. I really liked Emma Watson. Yeah. Uh, Emma Emma Stone dropped out because she had schedule conflicts uh, doing The Favorite, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Emma Watson really does play the older sister well to mm-hmm. Joe, who is the manic one. Mm-hmm. Um Joe actually has uh, early on one of my favorite scenes with uh, mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, I mean, Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet have such good chemistry mm-hmm. in this movie. And the scene where Emma Watson's character takes Saoirse Ronan to the, to the dance and she's hiding out and Timothy Chalamet and yes. Saoirse Ronan go out and dance on the patio <laughs> and it is the goofiest dumbest but most joyful dance ever. oh my like, gosh i love that scene it's all I music it. i downloaded the score to this movie mm-hmm. for the second rewatch because the score is so good it is and just there's no dialogue it's just them running around being goofballs and you can tell that this like those two, in, in some <laughs> life or another, are meant to be together in some way. Oh, yes. 
I love that he was just respectful of like, oh, you burnt your dress. Let's go outside and dance. Like, yes. it's funny how they follow this etiquette. These sisters have this etiquette they need to follow in order to get married or what they think they should. And yep. they follow it so much that they go outside to go and dance. And I just <laughs> I love it so much. She burns her dress so many times in this, too. Which I, I think is <laughs> she doesn't know like. How do, and these dresses are just ridiculous. Like, I can see why she wants to escape that. And I love the way she, I love the way how she challenges feminism or what a woman should be. Yes. I mean, you see her in like, you know, she's not always wearing dresses and mm-hmm. she's, you know, she cuts her hair and she's like, she she's rough and she tumbles and she like, likes to fight. You know, it's very interesting. I love her quote, like, I'm awkward and I'm homely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like, yes, you are. <laughs> but you love her for that. Um, so in, in terms of Joe, I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but um, I had told you kind of off mic that the biggest difference between the book um, and the movie is... Obviously, the timeline jumping, but also the end of the book is the the bit with the the professor mm-hmm. where she's you know goes to the train station and like it, it's them getting together and it's mm-hmm. that whole fantasy sequence where they they're married and they own that house or they're in the Aunt March's house and everyone's like celebrating together. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the book. It doesn't it doesn't deal with her writing and keeping the copyright and like you getting the sense that maybe that didn't happen because Louisa May Alcott, Alcott she never got married. Mm-hmm. And the book that Joe gets at the end, it doesn't say I don't believe it says Joe Marsh on it. Mm-hmm. It says Louisa May Alcott. So it's like a a pen name she's using. Mm-hmm. So the implication is the end, the like happy ending that Joe gets isn't actually what happens. She just wrote it that way because that's what would sell, mm-hmm. which is what the publisher says. And well, that makes what, me sad now, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. I'm going to well, go on to believe that what she said is the end. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, I mean, that just a little bit of background with that and that, you know, Louise May Alcott didn't want to publish the book, but then found that her publisher's kids were actually interested in the story, so she published it, which is what Greta Gerwig puts into this movie with Joe. You're meant to mm-hmm. th- believe that, like, Joe doesn't actually get the stereotypical happy ending. She mm-hmm. falls more in line with what her character actually says, which is, she wants to be more than just a wife, which mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, I want to move on to Florence Pugh's uh, character. Um, we can go out of line um, just because she was my favorite of the entire yes, movie. Yes, I, I want to let you talk about Florence. So. Yes. Um, just So Florence, her goal in life is to be a famous artist and Paris and she travels with Aunt March who wanted uh, a companion to help her during this 
uh, she wanted to go to Europe the last time. Mm-hmm. So they go to Europe. She is becoming an artist, but it goes to all of these flashbacks. And she just cracks me up because she is so in love with Timothy's character, who is named Lori in the show, that there's a scene where she is drawing. She goes to, like, School for Women, which wasn't very good back then. And she's drawing a picture of her teacher. And she gets in trouble. He hits her hand, which is insane that they could do that back then. Like, that was the sort of punishment. And she's outside in front of his house crying, (laughs) saying, (laughs) he he says, are you okay? She's like, I'm Amy. She's crying. (laughs) And and she's like, I'm in horrible trouble. I can't go home. I know. I love (laughs) that. Mr. So-and-so hit me. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I love I love that bit of her saying I am Amy because I know. <laughs> the first time that that Timothy Chalamet comes to the March House and meets all of the March family, that's the first thing she says. Like he's getting his awkward introductions as he's coming in, and she's just sitting there like big-eyed staring at him just I am Amy. She's just yeah. so awkward. She is so head over heels for him. <laughs> I love that she even mentions like you met my sister um Emma Watson she sprained her ankle at the dance she like she hurt her feet because she has big feet that would never happen to me because I have such little lovely feet <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> and they invite her in and you know later on the whole family comes in but just that bit it was just so funny how she was so scared to go home after what she did that she's just crying in front of his house <laughs> I know that's so great and um, later on, to go off of that, she builds a mold of her feet. <laughs> for <laughs> for him. Yep. They're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm making a mold for uh, Lori to show that, to prove to him I have such lovely feet. And it was just the most childish and funniest thing I've ever seen. She, she was cracking me up. <laughs> I put a note in here. I, th- I mean, I'm, I feel like I mentioned it already, but... Florence Pugh has the tough task of making the Amy character who you should hate yeah, enjoyable and relatable. And part of what makes, part of what makes Amy so enjoyable in this movie is how funny she is. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned earlier the, the scene where Saoirse Ronan's character cuts off all of her hair and mm-hmm. there's this quick line <laughs> where... The, you know, know she's like freaking say, out, yeah. and and you can hear Amy in the background go, "Joe, your hair is your one beauty." And then she turns to the youngest sister and says, "You never do that." <laughs> 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 like it's just she's so funny in this, but then she can also have uh, like amazing heartfelt moments too. That, yes. So. I also right. think it's an oh. No, all you, all you. Oh, I think it's funny. Um, So according to Aunt March, their rich aunt, who is the father's sister, she thinks that all of the young or all of the daughters of his have really messed up and that Florence Puth's character is like their only lasting hope. Joe is in New York wanting to be a writer 
Meg married a poor tutor, and uh, Beth's character. I don't know what's up with Beth, but anyway, she's she's sick. Oh, she's sick. Yes. So she wants her to marry rich, and that's a big theme in this. Marry rich, and. I love what Florence said about this to Timothy, saying, As a woman, I can make no money. So marriage to them is economic. Like, it's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be smart, like, economically or whatever. And it's not for love, which is very interesting. Yep. And she said, If we have kids, there are his. And that just hit me really hard because back then, like, a woman couldn't, could literally do nothing. Yep. Like, she could make no name for herself. It was whatever kids that she brought into this world, literally, like, they were his, Mm -hmm. the husband's. And I just thought that was a powerful statement. Yeah. And I I think, I mean, I think that it, it resonates and still rings true because it's, it's still not fair all the time for for so many people, especially women, when it comes to, to stuff like this, where you have to, sometimes it is a strategic move. Like, mm-hmm. it's, there is an exchange of, like, I don't know, it's it's shitty that, that everything, especially at this time, is dependent upon whether or not you get married or not, and who you get married to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it... That uh, that whole speech, yeah, when they're in the art room and he he's, like, trying to get her to, you know, um, to keep going and she's just giving up because she's not going to be great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, all of that is so good. Mm-hmm. I like that she turned down um, Fred Vaughn, the really rich guy, mm-hmm. down, um... And she, eventually her and Timothy's character end up together, which was kind of a shock for me. I didn't see that coming, mainly because I thought Tim and Joe were going to get together. Yeah. So that was a nice surprise. I thought later on, like, to he really did love her, and that's what I was worried about. I'm like, she's way more into him than he is into her, but it ended up being more mutual later on. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's fair that we're doing Joe and Amy back to back because there's a lot of this movie also has to deal with their rivalry and, and, you know, talking about the scene with, with, um, her talking about, uh, Amy talking about, you know, marriage being economical, but there's also the great scene right after that where, um, Lori timothy chalamet he's trying to like get with amy and it's because Mm -hmm. joe rejected him Mm -hmm. and florence Pugh has the great speech of like i have always been in the shadow of joe Mm -hmm. and i have always loved you and it is so unfair of you to try to get with me now just because you lost joe like that is such mm-hmm. a well-done scene from her, and it's... Yes, I don't want to be second to Joe, and... It's... Uh, yeah. It is so well done of, like, a sibling dynamic of, like, you love this person, 
but they can also be so challenging and frustrating for you. Like, the, the scene that kind of broke me was when when Joe's character comes downstairs after she learns that Lori and Amy are married. And she's hugging Amy, and she's like, "You, life's too short to be angry with your sister. And she's putting on a brave face, but Cersei Ronan just has so many emotions going on at once mm-hmm. where she is still filled with rage and sadness, mm-hmm. but joy for her sister, that her sister is happy and that she's got her sister back because one of her sisters has just died. Like, it's just mm-hmm. all of these competing emotions, and you can just see Saoirse Ronan is just broken. It's, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. Yeah, it was very interesting. She handled it really well, I thought. But like you said, she's such a great actress that you can see everything going on in her face. Like, what? Yeah, I... I mean, that that scene alone for me was like her Oscar moment, where I, mm-hmm. it's wild to me that she didn't get it for that. Um, yeah. What else with, I mean, Florence Pugh's character is just so funny in this. <laughs> and you're right. She plays these characters that you're meant to, like, hate, but you just end up adoring. Like, I love, like, even when she burned, um joe's book like you could understand why she was so upset yep like i totally understood like oh my gosh yeah that would suck but it didn't end up working when she almost died in a uh what is it that ice rink yes the within the little pond or lake yep yeah i one thing that kind of bummed me out is well I guess Emma Watson's character, Meg, she wasn't very important in this besides, you know, being really close to Joe. She said her big thing was she wanted to be rich and have all of these servants and have these beautiful things. And it's funny because she did not. (laughs) Yeah. She was the only person that, well, I mean, they all married for love, but she was one person that you thought that was going to be marrying for riches. Yeah, I I think this was a very interesting character for Emma Watson to it's be the so like not her. <laughs> to be the put upon like depressed housewife. You know, she still feels young to me like I Yeah. The, she I think has has outgrown some of the the Harry Potter you know, persona, but there's still just that. She she's almost kind of like a a Meryl Streep in this movie, where she fades into the background. She's mm-hmm. not as important. She's meant to kind of point out some of Joe and Amy's faults and maybe be like the more even-headed one. But yeah, she she is maybe the one that kind of f- falls the most. You feel bad for her. I did. It was really hard to watch her character when she buys $50 worth of cloth. Holy crap, that's a lot today. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh. And um, just to see the environment she lives in, it was really hard to watch, yeah. Yeah, I... 
I don't know, she, she plays it all well, um, I mean, there's, there, there's the sad scene where she is at the party with all of the people who are, are rich, mm -hmm. you know, and she's getting to feel what it's like to be kind of a, a debutante and Timothy Chalamet's character kind of comes and makes her feel bad. I know. I didn't like that part. It was the only time she felt, like, included into what she wanted to be. Yeah. And and he kind of wrecks it a little bit. And it's mirrored in the scene of what he does to Amy. Like, he he clearly... Laurie's a, a good character he in this. He well. And, and I enjoy Timothy Chalamet in this a thousand percent more than I did in Lady Bird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he he kind of I mean that's that's the big set piece for Emma Watson and then just the like what happens to someone when they they marry for love but at a cost and mm -hmm. and it's still nice though that you get to hear her say like I want to struggle with my husband cuz she loves him and she's she's got her kids and she could probably she's probably on track to become more like her mom than anyone else and so yeah um and we save the best character for last um <laughs> beth beth march she had a very her character was so quiet and so impactful i love what joe says at the end of it joe er Beth was the best of all of us. Yeah, I... Beth has... Beth is involved in probably my favorite scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we tend to talk about, like, favorite quotes, but my favorite scene of the movie is when... So... The March family lives across the street from um, Lori's uncle. Is it uncle? I think it's his grandfather. Grandfather. Um, lives across the street from them. And uh, you find out that this grandfather, he had had a daughter who passed away and was very sad. And um, the this guy's... who played by Chris Cooper, um, has a bunch of her instruments and offers to let Beth come over and play the piano. Mm -hmm. And in a scene without dialogue, Beth goes over at one point and she sits down and starts playing the piano and it's shot from this great hall where she's playing... And Chris Cooper's coming down the stairs. And we talked about how, like, the flashback and flash forward is, you know, in the present day, it's gray and it's dark and it's sad. And in the, the past, it's happy and bright. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to that scene, I think it's so lovely that she is in this, like, bright window and it's warm 
But he, on the staircase, is in this blue hallway that looks sad and dreary. Mm. And it's almost like he's sitting there reliving when his daughter was alive. Oh. And it's just like, it's, see that. Yeah. it's heartbreaking, but it's so well done. And I, I loved that scene. I mean, it's... She, she is quiet. She doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. She's more of an observer, but she has these... She's written in that in a way where she's always doing good for other people. I know. It was so hard. It made me so frustrated to see her give to the Hummel family. The Hummel family is this very poor family who doesn't... They live in a shed, it looks like, um... It's not insulated at all. They don't have anything to eat. And this family, uh, the March family, always provides for them, gives them their Christmas breakfast. And she goes over there without her sisters. And we come to find out, well, her sisters are busy, but we come to find out that the Hummel family has scarlet fever, which she gets. And what's sad about all of this is this could have been avoided if Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson were to give them the basket because they've had scarlet fever before. Yep. Well, and it's frustrating too, because they weren't, they weren't busy. They were just blowing off chores. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like they were doing tasks around the house. They were dicking around and having fun and they were, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to do it right now. And yeah, it's, it is just so frustrating that, she ends up getting it and and Beth's character through most of the movie is sick and mm-hmm. I I I sent you a screenshot of another one of my favorite scenes where it's Joe reading to Beth on the beach and it's just that mm-hmm. wide shot of them where it's Beth to feel better she just wants Joe to write for her that's all she wants is please just write for me because Joe keeps saying, I'm not going to write anymore. And then she, um, I think in the second best scene of the movie where you get the flash forward and flash back, where you get to see the Christmas where Joe does bring Beth back from the brink, you know, and Mm -hmm. she's, she's taking care of her and it's so warm and the dad comes home and it's so bright and the scene where um, Joe's running down the stairs and she's afraid that, you know, her sister's gone. And then she's sitting at the table. And then they use the same shot again. But it's when Beth has died. And mm-hmm. that's like... Ugh. Oh, yeah. That was rough. I, that was... <laughs> they needed that, though, because she was the best character she was almost and she was angelic oh absolutely yeah i the all the other sisters seem to have faults but she is and i mean it's in part service to the like narrative that this is someone writing about her past so she's going to write about the sister who she loves and misses the most who's dead in a very Mm -hmm. favorable light but that doesn't take away from like the youngest, the most innocent, the most angelic she is, like, it's just, it's just so upsetting. I, have you, have you wa- rewatched 
friends at all recently? No. There, because we were watching it, and, and I, I always forget about this, but there's the episode where um, Joey doesn't like reading, and then um, Rachel gives Joey Little Women, and mm-hmm. Joey is like very invested. He <laughs> he loves the book, and he accidentally spoils some movie for her, and so. Um, she goes, oh yeah, well, Beth dies at the end and just Joey's heartbreak. He's like, what? Don't tell Don't tell me that. And then Aww. he can't finish. The, yeah. I always think about Joey just being so invested in the little women. He's like, but they're the little women. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you have any favorite quotes from this or did we share them already? Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty powerful line with Joe where she says, I'm so sick of people saying love is all women are fit for. Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to (laughs) share. I'm sick of it. Yes. Dot, dot, like, but there's a pause and then she says, but I'm so lonely. Mm -hmm. It's, It's that battling thing where it's like, Society expects this. I hate that society expects this. It's a cliche, but cliches are based in reality. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Yes. Why did that one stick out for you? Um, just because I feel like in some instances it is true. Like people see women as a love interest and that's it. And I like that she points it out. Because according to the publisher, women need to either be married at the end or dead. So, yeah, that's that's Little Women. Um, I mean, I think we're both on the same track. I I loved this movie. It it was so good. I enjoyed it more the second time. So, yeah, I it's definitely a movie that I would rewatch. It was so amazing. And I'm glad I. I, um, you included this because I would have never watched it. I'm I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So I guess to go off of our theme for Timothy Chalamet guiding us through adolescence, our last movie is Call Me By Your Name. So we will be watching that next and discussing it. Pretty excited because we both have not seen that yet. I've heard amazing things about the soundtrack and about mm-hmm. the acting and the story. I, um, yeah, I've, I'll be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, if you have theme ideas that you'd like us to try out or you just want to let us know what we could do to improve, please let us know. We can uh, take constructive criticism and only cry a little bit. I promise. <laughs> yes, and please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at us laughing at us and join our Facebook group. Tell a squirrel that we say hello. And uh, stop messing with those nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Laughing at Ourselves. Bye, yes. guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>